What's up? Welcome to Glass Half Full Toledo. This week I had the chance to visit the Black Cloister Brewing Company downtown. And if you have not been there yet, you really need to check it out because it is seriously one of the most amazing hidden gems I think downtown Toledo has to offer right now. It's just really, really unique. It seriously blew me away. I had the opportunity to meet with one of the four founders, Bob Hall, and he and his wife Leanne were kind enough to give me a tour of the building and sit down and chat with me about Black Cloister Brewing Company and downtown development as a whole, and we'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to preface all of that just with sort of, my words are not going to do it justice, I guess, but when you walk in, something about it really reminds me of a church minus the soul-crushing guilt. (laughs) Um, Maybe that's just a Catholic thing. I don't know. But yeah, just something about it really... There's this minimal, simplistic elegance to the whole look of the place. These like really grand, sweeping arches. You just kind of breathe and you just feel a real sense of history. It's a really, really neat space. I also learned that this is actually the first building downtown that had electricity in it. So that's very historically significant and cool. The mural on the wall is another really great talking point because I'm kind of obsessed with it, but... If you, when you, you'll see it when you walk in, it's hand drawn by local artists, which is amazing. And they only gave them a couple of stipulations for the mural. They wanted the beer to appear as though it was a gift from heaven. And they wanted the four founders of the Black Cloister represented in the mural. So you can kind of see that too. They're sort of embodied as the four horsemen in the mural. But other than that, they kind of gave the artist creative freedom. And that's really, really a neat piece to look at in there. One of my other favorite things is that there is not a single TV in the entire place, which I also think is really unique in this day and age. And it kind of forces you to sit down and start drinking and talk to the people next to you, which is a really, really cool vibe. And I know I'm like an old soul, but I just think that that is what is missing from this world. And I really, really appreciated that pro tip that would also make it a really good date spot, in my opinion, because there's not a lot of distractions other than just you're sitting there drinking and talking with someone. In the larger room, they actually have a cabinet with board games set up in it, which is really cool. And then they have a stage set up in there too. So they obviously do live shows and music from time to time too. They don't have a large sweeping menu. It's just kind of quick bites. It is a brewery, right? So you're you're there for drinks and conversation. So the original Black Cloister, yeah, I did some research. So we're going to get a little bit history in here. But the original Black Cloister is actually in Wittenberg, Germany. And it was home to monks and Martin Luther taught and studied there, and his wife brewed beer. Historically, apparently, Martin Luther was also known for knocking back a few brewskis, so maybe Lutherans have guilt too. I don't know. But anyway, you can definitely tell that it's sort of themed that way. Not guilt-themed, but monastery-themed. It just kind of provides you with an experience. The interesting thing about Martin Luther's involvement in brewing is that everyone knows the Protestant Reformation sort of changed the way everyone worshipped and everyone's belief system, but it actually also changed beer production. Martin Luther changed beer production. 
he is sometimes credited actually with adding hops to beer, essentially sort of starting what we know today as this hip, trendy craft brewing. So I'm not a religious person at all. Uh, I have an insane amount of respect for religious people, uh, born and raised Catholic, but this is sort of an interesting tidbit of history. So at the time, you could totally judge someone by the beer they were drinking or the beer that they brewed based on the ingredients that were in that beer. If you were a Catholic brewer, you used herbs in your beer instead of hops because there was sort of this perception that hops were bad for you. And I looked up, there's a lot of different reasons. Things like they they weighed down your stomach or they were bad for you to ingest or blah, blah, blah. But mostly I'm thinking it's probably because they're delicious uh, when brewed in beer. And the Catholics were probably like, no, 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 no. This is so good. You know, this is too good. It's so good. It's bad for you. It's got to be bad for you. This is wrong. This is just, it, it tastes too good. <laughs> Really nothing is more Catholic than that. (laughs) Another reason could have been completely financial. The Catholic Church at the time sort of had the monopoly on beer production because they were sort of holding all the goods. So they used just a lot of your standard herbs to flavor and preserve the beer. And I looked up most of the common ingredients were heather, cinnamon, ginger, different kinds of berries, rosemary, things like that. And hops were actually not taxed at the time because they were just kind of considered this gross weed. If you were a brewer at the time, like Martin Luther, or in this case, Martin Luther's wife, and you wanted to stick it to Catholicism, you would put hops in your beer. So every hip, trending craft brewery today owes a little bit of gratitude, I think, to Martin Luther and his use of hops. So there's your bitter pint of history for today. So another kind of historically interesting fact, at least to me, about Toledo's Black Cloister was that the building had been abandoned for 40 years before the Black Cloister moved in. So again, just sort of reiterating the fact that all of these businesses that are booming downtown are are really changing our landscape and doing some awesome stuff. Like I said, the original building didn't have electricity, as far as I understand from Bob Hall, that they pretty much updated everything except for the original brick walls inside. I just think it's really neat to have a local brewery like this in the heart of downtown Toledo. Something as unique as the Black Cloister is, and something that is so openly promoting this kind of sense of community. Plus, they have really good beer, so... Uh, Win, 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 win. Another upcoming thing in terms of downtown development and the Black Cloister is that they are actually renovating the space above the brewery and they're converting those into loft apartments. So red alert for anyone looking to move downtown. I have no idea on the timeline of those and I don't think anything has been set in stone, but they have started cleaning out the spaces and adding in necessary wiring and plumbing and things like that. So that is going to be a pretty cool place to live if you're thinking about becoming a downtowner. So yeah, check it out. (sighs) Tell me a little bit how it all started. Well, the Black Cloister started as a vision 
of Reverend Tom Schaefer, a Lutheran minister here in the Toledo area, who has been a minister of the uh, campus uh, congregation at uh, UT and other places. His passion is mission work and was looking for a way to support his mission work. He approached the Senate. He's being a home brewer, and I knew Tom through the uh, Toledo Masters Home Brewing Club. He was president. Went to the uh, Senate and said, say, there are still monasteries in Europe that are supporting their mission through beer. Could we try to do something similar here? So got to go ahead, official blessing, I would say, of the uh, Senate. So he rounded up some investors, other founders. I was the last one in. As it turned out, all four founders were uh, ELCA Lutheran, a more liberal branch of Lutheran church, which fit our theme perfectly. When I came in, they had no idea what I was, but they knew I had brewing experience. So, uh, and uh, so I became involved. Within our business plan, hopefully, should we uh, offer distributions at some point in time, a tithe will be made toward uh, Lutheran outreach in the greater Toledo area. That's very cool. So four years ago, right? That's four when it all ago, kind of started. We opened uh, on March 20th, which is uh, International Happy Day. Uh, four years ago. <laughs> so it's coming up, actually. That's coming up. Really soon. Yes. Yeah. So originally four founders, are they all still? Uh, three of us are active. Three are yeah. active. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You mentioned you were the brewer yeah. here primarily yeah. for the. And I mean, I'm sure you still yeah. do, but yeah. Each of the owners have a role, and uh, mine happened to be uh, brewing production. I've been uh, home brewing since '71. Uh, I as I try to remember my first crack at it didn't become legal until 1978, actually. Uh, Jimmy Carter uh, signed the uh, laws that uh, allowed home brewing. I haven't been making good beer that long, but I've been making beer. But I was the uh, head brewer here for the first eight months. All of us had a uh, responsibility. My role was vice president for production. So that is still where I focus, although we have people with experience on a commercial level now. Clint McLaughlin being our current brewer. You mentioned, in a good way, not being ready for the success of, of everything. I think just because everything's sort of blooming right now, mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts on that, on the direction that it's headed as far as Toledo itself and oh, the future to- of the Black Cloister? Yeah, Toledo's headed in the right direction. Uh, we could <laughs> see that, and that was one of the reasons that we chose a location downtown. Uh, we wanted to be part of the renaissance of downtown Toledo. And at that time, there were still a lot of empty storefronts, the lease that we were able to get with with the uh, building happened to be very good terms, good. and we thought a few years from now, that's not going to be the case. Prices are going to go up. Gotcha. But we did look uh, a lot at other places, Sylvania, Maumee, uh, other places around where the location might have been better for a production brewery, able to get in with a loading dock and trucks and things of that sort. But we liked the architecture of the mm-hmm. Block building. It, it fit our monastic theme somewhat. And uh, we just liked being a part of downtown Toledo. Mm-hmm. Did it feel risky moving into a place that was until really recently kind of surrounded by the buildings you just described? Everything's kind of dilapidated. Yeah. It's kind of as in between where you're like, is it going to? And thankfully it did. But Well, starting any new business is risky. Mm. It's, it's a risky business. And we're still uh, working our way through a number of things. Uh, including last year's uh, street construction on Erie, yeah. which is to oh, our yeah, side in Monroe. Which is, we're <laughs> oh. still trying to dig our way out of the hole, uh, mm-hmm. the revenue hole that the summer causes. So that that was a crisis. But yeah, taking the risk, it really was. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know if you have enough capital, and, and you never have enough capital. <laughs> That's part of it. And as 
none of us had experience in doing this sort of thing as on a commercial basis. You never know what you're going to run into and things that you don't expect. And so there's always that discovery too. I think to a man, we could also, we could build somebody else a really nice brewery right now from, the, <laughs> uh, from what we've learned doing this one. And maybe this doesn't apply, but Prometica's involvement, how do you feel about that? Or, or is there a risk for corporate big brother moving yeah. in, do you think? I don't think that's it's a risk for us. I think it, it probably brings traffic through the door, mm-hmm. especially for those who are in town on business and want a place to go in the evenings. One thing I have been somewhat surprised with, being a non-downtowner, I mean, I'm a farm boy, I thought, oh boy, you have a good brewery, you have a nice tap room, tavern, five o'clock whistle blows, we're going to get all those gray suits through the door, and they'll be, be ready to uh, call it a day. Well, they call it a day, but they get in their cars and go home. And yeah. <laughs> uh, they drive right by us and, and head on out. And I think that's just sort of the mindset of Toledo, mm. that uh, they want to get back out to Sylvania or Maumee or Perrysburg and leave the downtown. So it's primarily, uh, we're event-centric, I would mm-hmm. say, when the uh, walleye are playing, the mud hens are playing, uh, there's an event going on downtown. And the weekends, of course, mm-hmm. that's where we see the foot traffic, but uh, not so much the after-work crowd. Yeah. But I think, too, with everything being built, like all the apartments <laughs> now right. and everything, like yep. you'll, uh, that'll change, hopefully, within the next five years. I right. Think. We have some regulars, uh, you know, downtown apartment mm-hmm. dwellers come in for trivia. We have a trivia night and others, and uh, and they're they're regulars. So we really that's a market we want to serve. We want to become their place to go. Thank okay. you so much oh, for doing pleasure. this.